Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. back and this is part two on how to build your amazing incredible door busting open house system and the feedback we had after yesterday's show was quite off the charts for example julie harris oh yes lots of examples of people who are doing open houses and are getting killer attendance Uh, And, you know, I was thinking with reading all of the great feedback that open houses are not just that one, two, three hour event. It's the things you do before open houses, door knocking the neighborhood like we talked about. We'll talk about that a little bit today. The things you do after you've met a ton of people in the open house where you've got their contact information, you can door knock again afterwards. The follow up that you've got, the appointments that it creates. So I think that some agents, some of our listeners may be thinking about, well, gosh, I don't want to blow two hours on a Sunday right? But that's not the right mindset for it. It's turn this into a really killer lead generation spoke, systematize it, and you will find that you get repeat referral. It's, you know, duplicatable for your business. It's very easy to look at a system, right? A system is essentially a you know, it's, a, it's something that's going to be follow this step, follow that step. This leads to that, that leads to the other. The one thing that you can't really integrate into a system and really what is pro- perhaps the most important reason why you should be doing open houses is the psychological benefit from being in the community. The psychological benefit from talking directly with prospective buyers and sellers, using scripts, you know, you can learn on the job, right? No, seeing yourself as a real estate professional, seeing that when you follow a script, the script actually results in the exact thing that you were anticipating based on what the script said. When you're reading one of our scripts, and I know some of you don't like scripts, you like your egos will say, oh, I don't like using scripts. They just seem so forced. They seem so fake. Every single professional on planet Earth has always used and will always use a script. Every single person that you admire, because they just seem to be such naturals, all they're doing is basically following a script. The reason that they seem like they're naturals is because they've said what they're saying so many times. They've arrived at the level of conscious competence, and they're able to, well, really, is that the highest one, conscious competence? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and so they're able to actually operate on autopilot, but they're just following a scripted approach. And if you're, you're following a scripted approach too, whether you like it or not, but the reality of it is, is that if you're not following a proven scripted approach, you're probably not getting the results you could otherwise get. Point being, when you see yourself in action, see yourself working directly with prospective buyers and sellers for you, you are going to start changing from the inside out. If all, all of you, every single listener thinks that they need motivation before they take action, that's absolutely the wrong order of things. You get into action and the motivation follows. Just psychologically think through what I just said. If you're holding an open house and you're having conversations with folks and you're seeing those conversations or leading to those people becoming potential clients for you, doesn't that make you feel motivated versus reading a whole bunch of motivational books and going to a bunch of motivational events, hoping and praying that somehow that's going to get you into action. The action will always lead you to the motivation. Please don't forget that. So Julie, let's get to point number seven. Yes. So this is part two, point number seven, door knock slash canvas the neighborhood. Some of you like that word better. The day before the open house, speak with as many homeowners as possible and ask whom you should be calling so they can choose their neighbors. 
Now, having that conversation, that light script, let's you know choose your neighbors, whom should I be calling to invite to the open house? That's easier and less confrontational than just saying, hey, when do you plan on moving, right? Exactly. If it's them, they're going to tell you, they're going to ask you. Okay, so remember when you're doing this door knocking, we talked about yesterday, you're going to have some fun, uh, fast facts about the neighborhood. So if they ask you, you know, well, gosh, what are things going for in the neighborhood? I, I see for sale signs come and go fairly quickly. What do you think I could get for my house? And remember, and I know some of you are going to do this, your job is to not flyer the neighborhood with CMAs or a market analysis. Your job is to meet people, have conversations, and if they showed an elevated interest in having a CMA done on their property, then you actually will uh, you know, gather their information and follow up with the re uh, fulfilling the request. The information on the, on the neighborhood is in your phone. You're reading it in an email, let's say. So you've forwarded yourself an email from all the, with all the relevant um, salient market facts, and then you can ask them if they'd like you to forward that email to them if they're showing, again, an elevated level of interest. Remember, if they're showing an elevated level of interest, it's probably because they're thinking about selling. Every single conversation with every single person ever, you always have to have in the forefront of your mind, even if they show up in your life as a buyer, that they probably have something to sell. And if they're really older than probably 55, they might have multiple properties that they're thinking about selling. Mm -hmm. So keep all of this in mind. And I'm going to give you an advanced, uh, say, let's call this point number seven advanced. Okay. Because I scanned seven your Seven and a half. Seven and a half. All right. So one of the other things that some of our, and this works really in every price range, but I've had a lot of upper end coaching clients use this technique. You do a neighbor's only open house. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is let's say, for example, the open house is scheduled for one to four on Sunday. You're going to do a neighbor's only open house that starts at 10. You don't have to do it the same day, but you get the gist of it. And then when you're drive, when you're walking around and you're door knocking, you do give them something and it's a nice invitation to the neighbor's only open house. Again, where are we gearing all this towards? You becoming somebody that the neighbors recognize as, you know, you becoming an agent that the neighbors recognize as someone who's going to actually work at a higher level to get the house sold. Do you think any other agent has ever knocked on their door prior to an open house? Well, first of all, has, you know, when is the last time most of these folks have seen open houses? Like never. But let's say they have. And have they ever had a, the agent holding the house open invite them to a neighbor's only preview? No, they have not. What they have experienced is agents who will put you know, open signs in the front yards without asking and things like that, which actually goes to point number seven, even more advanced. <laughs> always, always ask for permission before you put an open house sign or any kind of directional in someone's yard, even if it's on the city side. Some of you guys get these really jerky attitudes about arguing with owners. And I see this in some of these Facebook groups. It's okay, just so it's boring. I realize that the property... From the sidewalk to the street, and you know, assuming there's sidewalks, is well, assuming there's streets too, I suppose, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. is not technically the owner's property. I understand that. Ask for permission anyway. That we have, you will experience, maybe some of you listening have experienced following this advice, knocking in the door, asking for permission to put the sign in their front yard. And then they're going to say something like this, especially if it's a corner property. You know what? For years, agents have been putting their signs in their front yard. And you're the only one that's ever asked. And then guess what happens? You now have made a friend and then probably a future client. Think out of the box. Again, go to the point I was making when we started today's podcast that the real benefit is this, is you being a professional, you 
away from your computer screen, you actually talking to people about buying and selling real estate, you actually becoming the person you want to be, not just thinking about it. And one of the quickest shortcuts for you doing that is joining Premier Coaching. So text the word Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. And when you do, you can join Premier Coaching for free. Premier Coaching is our comprehensive, complete coaching system designed for this market, coached by agents who've actually sold at a high level, but also coached agents at a high level in markets just like this. All of our coaches have been in the business for at least 20 years. They've seen the markets uh, cycles go up and down. All of them have sold real estate coached agents in different price points. We are built for this. So please do text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or you can just go directly to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members.timandjulieharris.com. Take action on this now. This will give you a massive jump start for the new year. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. Oh, and by the way, yes, that includes a daily semi-private coaching call. Live coaching call with your Harris Certified Coach for free. So text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Julie, point number eight. Point number eight, and some of you don't know what this is, so we'll explain it after I present this. Have rate sheets in your open house showing three different ways to purchase the home. Now, many of you got away from that or have never heard of it because for so long we were at 30-year fixed for 3% or whatever the going low rate was. So you're going to show different down payments, different scenarios, which is best for your prospect. Your favorite lender can supply these fact sheets. Usually they will create them and print them for you as long as you give them enough, you know, three or four day notice before you're open. So a rate sheet is just what it sounds like. It usually will show the standard issue 30-year fixed. Sometimes it'll do an adjustable rate. Sometimes it'll be like a 723 loan. Again, some of these terms you guys don't know about, but your lenders can educate you on that. Point being is that different borrowers have different goals. Maybe somebody has really killer credit, but a smaller down payment, and they do like a 5% down first-time buyer deal, something like that. Some of your listings may or may not qualify for FHA and VA. You can include that as well. So ask your lender, send your lender a copy of the MLS and ask them to create some different scenarios for how the home can be purchased. And also keep this in mind. Again, we're entering into a market where people are going to be more sensitive to payment because of the fact that they're worried about interest rates. Julie and I are going to be doing a number of educational podcasts on essentially what really is going on in the market, what, you know, all the things you need to know to make sure that you're not losing momentum in your real estate business, which by the way, on an aside, we did do a lot of homework on actually what's happening with real estate sales this year, despite what the headlines might lead you to believe this is actually going to be another record year for home sales. But that aside, so here's what basically you're going to do when you are making those home brochures or the flyers for the open houses, you do want to put, as Julie just said, put payments, but considering put a monthly payment on the actual home brochure, and then you have to disclaim what the payment is based on. And sure, you want to put the most aggressive payment using the most aggressive mortgage product that there is just to show the buyer the different scenarios. And chances are, I mean, Julie and I were just talking this morning. We, in some of our markets where we have rental properties, we've been raising the rents substantially. And there's some people that we've been reading about in Las Vegas in particular that year over year have raised the rents by 40%, 40%. Now, where's that lead? Well, it's uh, leading into the fact, the simple fact is, is that the rents will increase as fewer people buy homes. The demand for rental prices will increase. 
which means that obviously rents are going to increase. But at the same time, how many of these tenants know that they could actually be purchasing a house for the same, if not substantially less, they're paying in rent? They don't know. Don't assume that they're exploring all these different options. Don't assume that they have some a smart, caring, competent real estate professional in their lives to educate them on the different options. That's your job. That's how you make people clients for life. Point number nine, Julie Harris. Yes, point number nine, be sensitive to what you are discussing about the seller's situation. What are you actually authorized to share? If a potential buyer or their agent asks you why the seller is selling, what are you allowed to disclose? Will they perceive that the seller is more or less motivated by your answer? You know, if the seller is, you know, missing payments or the seller is getting divorced or the seller is getting relocated, well, the buyer or the buyer's agents might assume that they can come in lower than what your job is to bring them a higher offer. So it's best not, you know, you can just say that they're, uh, you know, building or something like that. They're, they've chosen a different neighborhood, whatever. But find out what you can actually disclose so that you don't actually create a problem for yourself or the seller. In other words, don't go there and make it out. The seller's just looking for all offers. The seller's open for anything. Unless they tell you you can. Which they never do. Unlikely. <laughs> yeah. So just be very careful that you're not using overly emotional or, you know, essentially words that don't really represent the seller's situation. Because you could juice a buyer's agent up to make a low ball offer, whereas before they would have made a normal offer, maybe at 98% or 99% of the asking price. But because you led them to believe that that seller's desperate, for, you know, mm -hmm. lack of professionalism, frankly, that's what agents, you know, agents are the biggest reason that there's stress and, you know, this deals like this at the end of the day. And remember, too, a lot of homes are recording secretly as well. So you never know what's going to be uh, coming back to haunt you. So recording, take the high road. Recording secretly through webcams yeah. and things like in, in the house. Yep, there's. you have to assume when you're walking through a house that you are being recorded at all times. Isn't that just as bad as creepy as you can get? It's point, creepy. Point number 10. Yes, okay, point number 10. Systematize your open house spoke and turn it into your lead generation machine. Agents who are great at this consistently generate at least one new listing, from every open house and an endless supply of buyers, some of which also have homes to sell, never pay for buyer leads again when you can instead generate better quality leads yourself. I'm thinking of, for example, you mentioned the neighbor open house, Tammy Irby, Northern Virginia. Okay, Every time she does a neighbor's open house, she has such turnout because she's systematized her open houses. She has a tent in the front yard so that they don't get sun or rain on them as they wait in line to go to her open house. It's awesome. Almost always, she gets one or two listings within a week of doing a neighbor's open. Well, you should have Tammy Irvy. I'm sure she's just using one of those pop tent deals. Yep. You should have her actually have her name printed on the pop tent because then it's like mm -hmm. a massive temporary I know. billboard. She has a little sign out front. Her husband actually basically works the uh, line. the line and has an <laughs> iPad sign in so that she knows who's coming before they even come in the door. It's really awesome. But you know, guys, these leads don't cost anything. And I'm sure the husband has in the questionnaire, will you be selling your current mm -hmm. home before you move up to the next home? And, and again, this all goes back to having a scripted professional approach. In our buyer pre-qualification script, I believe the third or the fourth question is, you know, oh, by the way, which home in the neighborhood will you be selling? In other words, when a buyer shows up in your life, a lot of you will, you guys go through this very unbelievably unprofessional, honestly, it's a little bit distasteful approach. You try to fake friend them. You want to talk about everything possible, you know, what they had for lunch, the, you know, what kind of dog they have, all the rest of it. And then what you're trying to do is fake friend them. They know you're fake friending them. And what you're doing is you're just uh, trying to have them feel emotionally bonded to you so they'll actually work with you. 
What they don't want is that. What people are not accustomed to is having to work that hard to get information. And so they're going to expect you to be professional and ask direct questions. Use our scripts. They will make it so you'll save mountains of time. And people will often tell you that they chose to work with you because of the fact that you are more professional. You won't necessarily know what more professional means, and they might even say it a different way. They, they might say, like, we just like the fact that you were more direct, or we like the fact that you didn't waste time, or we like the fact, ultimately, that you sold our house or helped us buy a house. The reason is, is because you are using an overall system that, as you know, obviously pertains to today's and yesterday's podcast, it will be the open house system, but overarching is our premier coaching system, and that's going to always keep you on the train tracks no matter what's going on, you're going to have a co occasional emotional flare-ups from people around you. That's called normal. It always happens. But you're always going to be able to lean back into the Premier Coaching System and know what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and that's really what this all what's what coaching is about. It's one thing to give you guys a big, you know, several folders full of contents and scripts and systems. But if you don't know how to really tie that into the emotional response that comes along with the words and what to say and how to say it then you're not really getting anything. You're just getting a bunch of words on a screen. So I want you guys to keep that in mind. Coaching at the end of the day, it's an art and science. Juliet and I will often say it's, especially in a market like this, it's 50% Dr. Phil, you know, essentially working through people's psychology, starting with your own. And it's 50% of knowing exactly what to say. Doesn't that make sense? It's kind of like bedside manner. If those of you, you know, will be familiar with that, I think. All right, point number 11. 11. Okay. Point number 11, take the time to actually really know the subject property. Know all of the usual things, of course, like bedrooms, bathrooms, square feet, but also the ages of the appliances, the roofing, other pertinent items. Pretend you're the potential buyer. What are the schools, the parks, the places of worship? Is there a homeowners association? What are the fees? What does it cover? What's the property tax? If you don't know the answer, don't wing it or guess it. Use one of our scripts. That's a great question. I'm going to write it down. I'll get you the answer by this evening. What's the best phone number to reach you on when I bring you the answer? Now, we're going to give you some little suggestions here. This is something you should organize, be organized. If, you're, if this is your listing that you're holding open, you should have gathered all this information prior so that when the prospective buyers or home inspectors ask the uh, ages of this and the other things, you already have the answer. Because if you don't have the answer, they're all going to assume that everything's about to basically give up the ghost and, you know, stop working or the mm -hmm. roof's going to stop leaking or start leaking. So make sure you have all that information ahead of time. But you can go and look, for example, if the seller doesn't know how old things are. And generally speaking, there's production dates on everything. And on a furnace, that's where it gets a little tricky. So you got to look to see what the last service as a date was and then look to see on that same sticker. Normally, the service guys will write down all their previous services. So go back to see what the first one is. And probably the first one was within six months of when it was installed. Things like that. I know some of this stuff is a little uh, droll, but you're selling real estate. And a lot of times, if you're uh, as crazy as this is to sound, as, as this might be to sound for some of you, this is how it really is. You're going to have a buyer walk in and they're maybe in their mind, they're trying to compare your house, your listing to two other listings. And in their minds, they're all basically the same. But your listing has got uh, a newer roof, and let's say the appliances are a few years newer. And that's going to be the one they're going to make the offer on. Well, and maybe you put a home warranty on top of that too. Exactly. And these are all the different, like th that's actually a really great point. So you can have, um, we've talked about all this before endlessly, but really another good thing to have on the countertop to make your listing more appealing is you can actually get a home warranty on a property that protects the seller 
while the house is listed. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of you, I, I have to remind myself, a lot of them don't even know what a home warranty is because they haven't had to sell them. Well, it was deleted from their offers because they weren't allowed to have that. They weren't allowed to ask for it, exactly. And buyers didn't know to ask for it. So guys, you guys can get home warranties on your listings um, prior to the house actually being in contract. In other words- It's called seller's coverage. Seller's coverage, and it's not that expensive. So if anything major goes wrong with the property that wouldn't be covered under the uh, homeowner's insurance, you can have that actually covered by the home warranty. And that, you know, we're talking appliances and heat pumps. It's and, pretty much everything except the roof and the foundation. Uh, yeah, it doesn't cover windows and things like that, though. I mean, I think you can add coverage, but it's it's the things that usually come out in a home inspection. The furnace, HVAC, the plumbing, the electric, all the standard issue stuff. Any of you have ever sold houses with pools, for example, or spas? They mm-hmm. always are broke and need work. Always. So one of the smart <laughs> moves is to get a home, home warranty policy that protects the seller prior to the inspection. That way, if the inspection comes up with any lists of crap that the house needs, inevitably the hot water tank or mm-hmm. whatever, the home warranty will actually cover it. I know this sounds crazy, but this is really how it works. And then that warranty transfers to the buyer at closing. Exactly. But then what you do is you do exactly what we just said, and then you actually have the house pre-inspected. Use the inspection also. This is prior to the house being in contract. Yes, the seller's paying for all this, but it's going to make your property way more appealing. And maybe you're not in a market like this now, but you soon will be. Have the house pre-inspected. Put a warranty on it ahead of time. All the items that were found in the inspection, have those things fixed. Lean into the warranty if you need to. That way, when a buyer walks into the property, they're going to see that thing is truly turnkey. They're going to see a house that's actually been prepared for market. And there are fewer questions and fears for them uh, you know, with regards to the age of the roof or, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not the, uh, the the spa tank or whatever the hell it is. I mean, there's so much that breaks. More expensive houses, you take a furnace and now you got six furnaces, you know. Oh, it's, I know. It, it can be a nightmare. I mean, listing agents know what we say is true. Well, we had And they've Jul- escaped from it for a long time because they could sell it as is. Julie and I had a house that we bought and um, we thought it had two furnaces, which is a lot. And then we discovered it had three furnaces that yeah. the, home, the home inspector didn't know about the third furnace. Yeah, I mean, they can be in the <laughs> They can be on the roof, you know, they could be in the garage. Uh, So imagine this, you now have more competition. We've got one more point, but imagine that you are the listing agent or you're doing an open house trying to sell the house. And there's four other houses generally in that neighborhood or a competing neighborhood, but you have had it pre-inspected. You can do deals with home inspectors where they don't charge the full blown inspection. They just do major appliances, which is what you're worried about anyway. So it's pre-inspected. There's a home warranty on top. You know the ages of everything. You have a list of what the seller's already replaced. You're priced correctly, and it's you versus everybody else. What is the buyer going to decide on? And then there's a rate sheet on the counter that says there's a different way to buy it where you don't have to put 20% down. Oh, by the way, you've got to save CMA for that very neighborhood so that you could send that to any prospective sellers. And remember, all of this is designed to get the sellers and the neighbors who might be becoming sellers to want to list with you. What you're doing is pre-selling yourself in an open house. Yes, you will sell the house, but guess what? The house will sell itself if it's price, right, condition, mm-hmm. location. You're marketing what, yourself, really. You're marketing yourself. You guys are spending all this money and time thinking you need to come up with all these sort of bizarre branding techniques. We just gave you one. It's called actually doing your damn job at a high level <laughs> and yeah. letting the world know that you're doing it. That is what you really, that's how you create a long-term you know, reputation. And that reputation word has been, I think, kind of co-opted by the word branding. But really, at the end of the day, it's synonymous in real estate. Point number 12. Point number 12. And this is really important lately because open houses are so heavily attended. Get an open house partner who is licensed, ideally, to help you manage the sign-in process, answer questions, provide added security. 
it's a great thing to have so many people attend your open house, but even better when you're able to actually contact them or be in contact with 100% of them after the fact. Now, some of you have spouses like Tammy's husband helps her a lot. Some of you have kids in the business. Some of you are just agent friends with somebody else. But the point is that don't be the single agent with 20 people walking through the house and you get stuck just talking to one person and it's going well, so you don't want to stop talking to them. You want to have somebody helping you. Well, so to that point, in the Premier Coaching Program, when you're uh, following the complete, because this is just really a, a light overview of our open house system, it's going to give you, the system's going to tell you exactly every single thing Julie just said. For example, do not follow the buyers around. For example, do make sure that the sellers have frankly cleared out all their prescription drugs from the medicine cabinet prior to the open house. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where the seller, assuming the house is occupied, ideally not not occupied, um, though in some cases, frankly, having Maybe. a nicely decorated house makes an enormous difference, mm -hmm. especially in the upper end. But at the end of the day, we do have complete checklists, and a lot of it is geared towards making it so that you're safe and secure, but also, frankly, so that you can have the most impact on the most people. And I mentioned this yesterday, and I know this is a very, you know, if you're an agent who holds open houses and you're sitting in your computer, uh, in front of your computer, and you're talking on your phone, and you're just letting people go in and out, don't even bother doing the open house. You're just nope. wasting your time. Seriously, your job is to basically be the person that's at the front door, greeting, meeting every single person, using a sign-in book. You can have a sign-up that says that something to the effect that uh, the seller requests that all, um, guests. all guests sign in. And you can be si standing essentially next to the sign-in book, next to the sign that says that, and you'll be shocked how many people sign in. And you will oftentimes, and this is one of the things we suggest, your sign-in book Take it from open house to open house to open house because then what you're going to have is this big sign-in book that's had a whole bunch of people previously sign in, which will put some uh, you know, social pressure for more people to sign in. If someone comes in and no one signed in, they're not going to sign in. If someone comes in, they see 20 people have signed in, they're going to sign in. It's weird, but true. It is true. It's the same thing like the tip jar at uh, Starbucks. I if know. there's no money in it, nobody puts money in it. Yep. If there's money in it, people put money in it. The more money, this is crazy, but true. The more money that's stuffed into a tip jar, the more people actually stuff the tip jar. Anybody who's ever worked at a place where there's a tip jar knows what I'm saying is true. And Julie and I have read different psychological <laughs> research on this. And the reason is it's so silly is because people want to, if they see a whole bunch of, it's peer pressure, basically. It's yeah. social pressure. Everyone else has obviously left some sort of tip. I should leave some sort of tip too. Well, I, I actually, this is very strange and nerdy, but I did listen to a podcast Hold on. about tipping. Hold on. <laughs> Julie confessing that she's very strange and nerdy. Raise yeah. your hand if you're surprised. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> you know, I had to warn them. Uh, it was a short little podcast about tipping practices, and they were talking about how, you know, I, and I think COVID in, encouraged some of this. When you go and you check out and there's the screen, um, you know, we you stick your credit card in and then there's the screen, and then the, like, the barista or whoever turns the screen around, so you choose your tip level. And the person that invented that part of the philosophy behind that was the person behind you will see if you're being cheap and not tipping. Yeah. So there's social pressure for you to click on at least the minimum, right? So anyway, that's an aside. But the point is that there is kind of a herd mentality. And if you have a big sign-in book and everybody's signed in and the names aren't things like Mickey Mouse, it's all signed. I used to put my sister's name and address to show them it's okay to use a real address, well, a real I, phone number. We, do, we did, and we do suggest that you seed your open house list just so people can feel that social pressure. It's normal. Yeah, it's normal. And absolutely positively save that from, you know, one open house to the next. It really does well, build And it gives you a follow-up book, too. 
Well, totally. I mean, that's ultimately the point. Use these points, guys, but really this is just an overview of what you get in Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. How about you planning for the rest of the year, do an open house every single Sunday. If you're from a you know cold climate like where Julie and I are from, as long as the snow's not falling, do an open house. By the way, again, I'm stepping on a lot of the things that are part of the system, but you, and again, when we were back in Ohio, when you were doing an open house or any kind of showings, we used to have a basket by the front door and the basket, Julie's dad thought this up, Julie's dad worked part of our team, but the sign on the basket that said, please put on these shoe covers to protect the floors that might someday someday be yours. What a great idea. I know. And it shows, hey, you know, from the get-go, this seller takes care of their floors. So isn't the assumption that everything else in the house is taken after? Of course it is, right? right. It's the same as, you know, when you have a home inspector and they go look at the furnace, right? And the furnace filter hasn't been changed in 20 years and it's full of cat hair. What does the home inspector and the buyer think? Well, if they didn't even take care of the furnace, well, then nothing else is going to be in good shape. So you can counteract that by doing some simple things that we include in the system, simple staging, simple preparation that is going to make your listing shine. And one last thought before we send you off to do this, this uh, system is that I get a lot of these questions. The coaches get a lot of this question and I see it online. What do you do when you have a listing and the showing activity is slow or none? Well, guess what? Go do an open house. The sellers are going to love you and you're going to have a bunch of people to follow up on. You might sell it yourself. You might sell something else as a result. You might sell it two weeks from now to somebody that went to the open house. But remember, doing nothing is not a, a strategy. But it, I would, so if I were coaching you personally, this is what I would say. The point of the open house is to generate listing leads. The point of the open house is to generate listing leads. What do you mean, Tim? It's not to generate, it's just not sell the house. Because at the end of the day, you don't, you do technically legally sell real estate, but the house sells itself. So if the house is positioned on the market, you know, essentially correctly, price, condition, location, it's going to sell whether you do an open house or not. And the same, I will, you know, a lot of agents have argued with us on, on this because they don't have the depth and the breadth of the experience in the marketplace, though if they, you know, essentially are making it through this next phase in the real estate market, they will understand what I'm about to say is true. Marketing does not sell real estate. Marketing advertising does not sell real estate. Exposing the house on more websites does not sell real estate. You will not find a single report ever written that counters what I just said. What sells real estate, and by the way, you don't sell real estate. You can't talk someone to listing their home who doesn't already, uh, you know, doesn't have plans to sell it. You can't talk a buyer into buying a house, maybe an investor aside, who doesn't already have plans to buy it. You guys get it? What you're doing really is you're aiding in the process. And that's also something psychological for a lot of you because a lot of you think you have to learn these coercive techniques to get people to do something they don't want to do. That's not what really a great salesperson does. What a really great salesperson does, it as a great salesperson is going to make it easier for a person to actually do what they already want to do and you're supposed to be removing the pressure. You're supposed to be making the process easier. That's the reason real estate is a people helping business. You are technically a salesperson, but any salesperson, they're not really selling anything. Can anybody sell something to you that you wouldn't have otherwise wanted to buy? You can't motivate the unmotivated. Exactly. And so just keep these things in mind. And at the end of the day, when you're doing an open house, what you're really doing is interviewing right? The neighbors are interviewing you to decide whether or not you're going to be their listing agent. Maybe they don't even know that they have to sell their house in a year. Maybe they're about to get the next day a notice, a notice that they are getting relocated or they're in the military and they have to, you guys mm -hmm. get the point? 
Those are life changes that will always make it so there's always sales velocity in real estate. You are going to be the agent that they're going to call upon because they saw you in action. They did not. They don't see you as every other agent. They see you as somebody who's actually working to get the property sold. And those of you who have really big unchecked egos who are telling yourselves if you make all this extra effort and you're doing open houses and you're working this hard that somehow people are going to see you as desperate you're not going to be successful in this or anything else because the reality of it is is that people will be attracted to you because they see you're making the effort. So if you're convincing yourself not to make the effort because your ego is telling you it's going to make you look bad making effort, you got to really work on that because that doesn't make sense. No, and balance this with what you can make happen where you do meet all of the neighbors, you have great conversations, you get people's contact information, you follow up, you door knock them, you make these relationships. And maybe in the nice byproduct is, of course, your seller is going to see you in action actually doing something because that's one of the only tangible things they get, right? Yep. And let's say that a week well, from now they go to their homeowners association and they they said, I met your agent and they were great. So Julie just said something. They don't see what you're doing. They don't know what you're doing. Many of you don't do anything when you take a listing because you've been spoiled by this past market. Had to. When you see, when they see you doing an open house and they see you actually working to get the house sold, now they're feeling a hell of a lot more comfortable and confident sending you a referral. And I'll give you this as well. You're going to run into situations where the seller is going to ask you, or usually about the same time you're asking him for a price adjustment, why haven't you sold the house or shown the house more? Oh, yeah. And that is a really gut-wrenching question to get. That's the reason you have to prepare for that question ahead of time. One of the scripts we teach you in uh, Premier Coaching is, Mr. Seller, I might not always be the agent showing the house, but I'm the reason it's getting shown. And then you got to go back and explain to them, following our essentially our entire listing system, what you actually do to get properties sold. But if you're not doing open houses and you're not showing them that you're making the effort, not only will you not get the price adjustment, but they will fire you. And I don't care how big of an ego or how more important, how everything you think of yourself, they will fire you. They will hire somebody else. They will hire the new agent who they saw hustling, uh, who invited them to a neighbor's house. Exactly. That's now, you how don't want a seller to be able to say, well, you haven't even done an open for me. Well, but ultimately, this is the reason that changing markets create enormous opportunity. Yes. Uh, and this is the reason that they can be huge boosters to careers also destroyers of careers. So if you've been successful for a long period of time and you think that somehow you've transcended beyond actually having to do real work, now you have an army of minions and you have everything digitized and everything's you know, basically lead flow and funnels and all the rest of it, these are the types of markets that destroy businesses that are predicated on not offering these this level of service. You guys have got to step away from the computers and go out into the marketplaces and let the marketplace know why they should continue to do business with you or do business with you in the first place. And in doing so, how does that make you feel? right? Incredible. It makes you feel powerful. And your it, skills are increasing as you do this with every single conversation you have, every door you knock, every open house you do, every lead follow-up you do, your skills and your scripts are getting better and better. They don't get any better when you're just behind your computer screen all the time or doing some stupid video that's never going to work. When you become the famous agent or the go-to agent in your marketplace, and Julie and I experienced this, and people walk in and they see it's, you know, you, the person who signed they see everywhere. Maybe they've received your mailers or you've, they know you're very successful. And they say it's you that's holding the house open. That gives you an incredible lift in their opinion of you. Because they may have previously just thought you were just too busy on the golf course and 
flying around in your private jet and you were just too busy to have any direct contact with the normal people. And now they're face to face with you. So for those of you who think you're just too big for your britches to actually do the real work of real estate, you're actually going to find that not only will this make you feel better, make you feel more connected to the marketplace, but you'll actually attract more people to you because now you're the ultra successful agent who's actually doing the real work. Yeah. I mean, you guys get how this is all these things compound, especially in a market like this. Well, and so, this is good for newer agents to get their feet wet and have real conversations. It's great for middle of the road agents to up their game. And it's even better for those agents who already have established a name to get out there and meet, meet people for real, as you just described. And the best thing about the open house system is it costs you virtually nothing. You might have a little bit of money and some bandit signs, some directional signs. Your lender's going to create the net sheets. You know, you're going to be printing off your home brochures anyway. This is not an expensive thing. There is no referral fee. There is no buying of leads. It's just up to you. So it's up to you. Take action. And we are absolutely positively welcoming hundreds of you to Premier Coaching. If you've not yet joined uh, yet, do text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. In the meantime, guys, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast or YouTube channel, right? Depending on how you're uh, actually listening and getting to know us, that's available in North America. And it means the world to us that you have not made us just, you know, obviously supported us over the years, but continue to share this podcast, helping to make this the number one listen to daily podcast. It means an incredible amount to Julie and I. It's the fulfillment of our past, you know, few decades in the real estate industry that so many of you are finding and discovering that this is your dream job. This is your dream industry. You are in the right place at the right time. Now you just have to take the right action. And I love the fact that so many of you are waking up uh, not feeling scared and not, not feeling isolated, but feeling connected to our community, feeling optimistic about the opportunities that are available only because of a changing market like this. So please do take action. Please do consider becoming a Premier Coaching Client. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to members.tim We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.